Greetings, today's topic is phonics. This is the Reading Instruction Show. I am your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Phonics. If the only tool you have is a hammer, all the world becomes a nail. If the only tool you have to teach reading is phonics, all the world becomes a phonics worksheet. Let's take a look at some phonics facts. Phonics is the ability to associate, to associate sounds with letters or letter patterns. Phonics is one of four ways used to identify words as we read. The other three are, are analogy or word families, phonemic awareness, recognizing prefix, suffix, affix, and roots, and context clues. Phonics instruction is very important, but it should never be taught as the sole component in any reading program. If reading instruction consists only of phonics, the other word identification skills will not develop. Reading instruction that is effective, and we do want our reading instruction to be effective, simultaneously develops all four of these reading skills. The problem with phonics-only reading programs, students who are struggling readers often are given programs that involve only direct instruction of phonics or other reading sub-skills, such as Orton-Gillingham. There are four problems with these types of phonics-only programs. Only about 50% of students with reading difficulties struggle because of phonics difficulties. By assigning phonics-only instruction to all students with reading difficulties, you are prescribing the same medicine for all, regardless of the specific cause of the reading difficulty. Second, phonics-only programs focus only on one of the four word identification strategies. Thus, you end up with one-fourth of a reading program. Third, students with severe reading disabilities often have trouble processing graphophonemic information as they read. This means that they don't, they're not very good at using phonics to identify words. Phonics-only programs focus only on what students can't do. This is like trying to teach a one-handed person to clap. And worse, the other two cueing systems, the semantic and syntactic, are not developed. Phonics instruction should still be included. However, you must also include strategies that enhance students' ability to use syntax and semantics. And four. In general, phonics-only programs do not work. The National Institute for Child Health and Development reported that early emphasis on code-oriented activities enhance performance on phonological awareness and pseudo-word pronunciation tasks, but does not produce reliable gains on word reading or text comprehension. Instructional strategies that focus on identifying lists of words out of context is not authentic reading and does not teach students to read in authentic 
ways because it eliminates syntax and semantics as word identification strategies. Now, a note about research. Often, you will find research, air quotes, conducted by a publishing company to support their particular program. All well and good. The typical research study goes like this. The researchers provide direct instruction of phonics to one group and no phonics instruction to another. They administer pre- and post-test measures that ask students to use phonics to identify a list of words. Not surprisingly, the group receiving intensive phonics instruction does significantly better on the phonics test. But the question is, are they better able to create meaning with text? Are they better able to comprehend? Are they better meaning creators a year or so down the line? Although the companies that produce these types of programs often point to studies that support their product, these studies usually have not been peer-reviewed. Doing a study or collecting data is not the same as research. Research is not research unless and until it has been reviewed by a jury of one's peers and published in an academic journal. Until then, it is just a study. So, the topic of today's podcast is phonics. All well and good. Phonics is necessary, but not sufficient. It's not the what of phonics, it's the how and the how much of phonics that is in question here. So, tips for developing the phonetic cueing system. Three tips. Tips. Uh, tip number one. Teach the minimum amount of phonics necessary. What ho you say? Well, the goal of any type of reading instruction is to help children create meaning with text. If children seem to be doing this without too much trouble, leave them alone. Two, instruction should be explicit, short, and briskly paced. Children do not learn phonics as much as they gradually develop the ability to use this cueing system. Explicit phonics instruction is necessary initially, but it should be brief and allow plenty of opportunities to practice, practice reading. Nancy Atwell suggests that 20 to 30% of reading class be used for skills instruction and 70 to 80% of the time be devoted to reading practice. However, I suspect <coughs> that this is the opposite in most classrooms, 70 to 80% skills. Again, the goal of reading is to be able to create meaning with text, not to do phonics activities or complete phonics worksheets. And three, do not focus on phonics to the exclusion of the other cueing systems. Reading instruction should always be balanced. It should develop students' ability to use the phonetic cueing system and at the same time strengthening the other two cueing systems, semantic and syntactic. Well, what about systematic phonics instruction, you say? 
Phonics instruction needs to be systematic, absolutely. However, systematic phonics does not mean that you have to follow a rigid plan where all students are taught the same skills in the same way in the pre-described order. You start at the top of the list and you work your way down. Absolutely not. That's crazy. Children are not standardized products. Why would you think that would work? Systematic phonics instruction means that you have some sort of plan for addressing common letter sound associations, such as consonants, consonant blends, vowels, and word families. Yes, you can use a basic scope and sequence chart to give you a sense of what skills to teach. However, the best scope and sequence chart is your students. Watch them. Listen to them as they read. See what skills they need and teach these skills directly and explicitly. Now, when you're teaching phonics, it's best to start with letter sounds. Then begin uh, consonant, you know, beginning consonants and short vowel sounds. Yes, yes, yes. Gradually move into blends, consonant blends, vowel sounds, common word families. Yes, yes. In general, in general, as far as vowel diagrams, diphthong, the schwa sound, and controlled vowel sounds, oh my goodness, they're much too inconsistent and infrequent to spend a lot of time with. I will say this again, skillful readers use minimal letter cues when identifying words. It makes sense then that phonics instruction be as minimal as possible. Now, what about those really, really, really important vowel sounds? Well, here's something for you to do. Take a paragraph. Get rid of all the middle vowels in the words and see if you can still create meaning with print. Take the same paragraph. Get rid of all the middle consonant sounds. Hmm, notice the difference. So how really important are those vowels? Okay three approaches to phonics instruction. The first is the synthetic approach. This teaches students to identify letter sounds first and then to synthesize or put the sounds together to create words. This is a traditional approach used by basal programs or skills-based programs or Orton-Gillingham, sometimes called the parts-to-whole approach. Students First, learn to target word parts or letter sounds using direct instruction. Then students are given reading material that emphasize the letter sound to reinforce it. That's the synthetic approach. The analytic approach to phonics instruction includes any strategy that teaches students to analyze the sound within words they already know. It starts at the level of the whole word, ideally found within the context of a sentence, and then move to individual parts. That is, students are taught to look for common word parts or families they recognize within words. This is sometimes referred to as the whole-to-part approach. Explicit instruction is used, but it is embedded within the text the students are reading to the greatest degree possible. For example, an analytic approach. Mr. Hill put some sentences on the board so the whole class can read them. Together, the class reads them out loud using choral reading. 
as Mr. Hill points to each word. After reading, Mr. Hill tells the class that he's looking for words that have the b b sound. He asks volunteers to use the pointer to find the b b words. Then he tells students that the letter B makes the b sound. He shows him many other examples on the smart board using words and pictures of words that begin with the b b sound. Students practice by reading through a list of words and pictures that start with the b b sound. Later on, students create a predictable writing chart, things that are b b big, and they read about b b bunny. That's an analytic approach, and that's a more authentic approach to teaching phonics. The last one, the third one, is large unit phonics. This is based on the brain's natural inclination to notice patterns and complete configurations based on partial data. When we look at words on the page, we tend to notice letter patterns much more so than individual letters. So instead of using individual letters to recognize or construct words, proficient readers tend to internalize letter patterns from familiar words stored in long-term memory. These patterns include the 30 most common photograms or word families, common prefixes, suffixes, and root words as well. To utilize large unit phonics as a word identification strategy, students are taught to look for familiar letter patterns. The word identification strategies related to this are called analogy and morphological analysis. Large unit phonics can also be used to develop students' ability to recognize words. To do this, activities would focus on letter patterns. All right, this is another episode of the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today's topic has been phonics. And again, remember, if the only tool you have is a hammer, all the world becomes a nail. If the only tool you have to teach reading is phonics, all the world becomes a phonics worksheet. My goal is to give you more tools.